Will you turn with me to Genesis chapter 26, please? Genesis chapter 26. We want to just entitle this morning, Well, Well, Well. Well, well, well. And really the theme of it will be obedience and surrender. Obedience and surrender. Very uh, little are you hearing now about obeying God, obeying the Word of God, and surrendering. Surrendering of self. Surrendering your life. Being crucified with Christ. So we want to look at this this morning, and please bear with me. Genesis 26, verse 17, please. And Isaac departed thence and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. And Isaac digged again the wells of water, which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. And Isaac's servants digged in the valley and found there a well of springing water. And the herdmen of Gerar did strive with Isaac's herdmen, saying, The water is ours. And he called the name of the well Esek, because they strove with him. And they digged another well and strove for that also. And he called the name of it Sitna. And he removed from thence and digged another well, And for that they strove not, and he called the name of it Rehoboth. And he said, For now the Lord hath made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. And he went up from thence to Beersheba. And the Lord appeared unto him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee, and will bless thee, and will multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. And he builded an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there. And there Isaac's servants digged a well. We know the Lord will bless the reading of his own word. Blessed us by a word of prayer. Our gracious Father, we thank you again this morning for the many you've brought out here to hear your word, to worship you, to gather around the table this morning. We think of those unable to be with us. We pray your blessing on them. Those who are ill or maybe injured or whatever, Lord, has withheld them this morning from being here. Lord, we pray your portion of your blessing to be with them. Encourage us now in your word. Challenge us and speak to us. I pray, Father, there will not be one here this morning who will leave here not spoken to by the Spirit of God through the Word of God. And, O Father, we ask you in the mighty and wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would settle us, Lord, and may our hearts be open and receptive to what you would tell us this morning. As our faces differ, so do our needs. So, Lord, we know that you know every single need in this house, every home we have left, and, Lord, every heart that is before you. We pray, O God, that you would look upon us, and, Lord, that you would deem it fit to move among us severally as your spirit wills. Have your way. Lord Jesus, be glorified. And may the blood of the Lamb be applied to every person here and cover this tent with your glory, we pray. For Jesus' name's sake, we ask it. Amen. Amen. 
In our narrative this morning from Genesis 26, Isaac is now out, as it were, on his own with his men. He has to find his own walk with God. And there's the lesson from the start. My walk with God, no matter how much I can encourage you as your pastor, my walk with God cannot be your walk with God. Things may be emulated to help us, but if you are not ready and willing to strive after God, to seek the things of God, to pursue God, and to obey God and then surrender your will to His, then you're going to find that you're never going to find the blessing. You're never going to move any further on in God. The men of Gerar dwelt in the valley. Gerar means a lodging place. Many Christians are happy and stuck. Stuck where they are, stuck with what they have, and they're just happy to be in that place and position. Brothers and sisters, surely, surely it just seems right that as born-again, blood-washed, and blood-bought children of God, you and I should be never happy to be stuck where we are. That you and I should be with the Spirit dwelling in us, you and I should be striving, striving to serve the Lord and striving to walk with Him closer every day. Surely, that is our aim and our goal is to love the Lord Jesus Christ increasingly more every day. So let me ask you a question before we go further. Do you love Him? That's simple, isn't it? but it's profound. Do you love him? Now, we love him because he first loved us, but do you love him enough to obey him? No matter what it is, no matter what he puts his finger on, do you love him enough to yield to him? Do you love him enough to surrender your life and your heart, your all to him, no matter the cost? Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? I love Him. Our story and our narrative here speaks and gives a perfect example of us all in our walk with the Lord. Isaac is a son of promise. We'll look at it in a moment. He's a son of promise to Abraham, but he's a son of promise and his seed from there. In other words, Isaac is the elect of God. Isaac is under sovereign grace and election. And we find here that through Isaac, his seed would be called. Isaac's sons would find down through the years that God would be with them. That is Yahweh, Jehovah God, that he would be their God and that they were to walk before him and to be an example and a light unto the world. Of course, we have Abraham then Isaac, then Jacob. And then we have Jacob's sons. We have Israel. We have the election of God through time and history. Coming from Judah, we have the Lord Jesus Christ. And you and I who are in Christ this morning, we are elected by sovereign grace. Divine 
election. It's a bad word in many churches. It's not a bad word in this church, by the way. But it's a bad word to many Christians to think that God had a choice, has a plan and a purpose. Oh, yeah, we can believe that. But that God, He is leading and and guiding all things after the counsel of His own will. God is not just sovereign when you and I say He is sovereign or when you and I believe He is sovereign. Then He's not sovereign when we don't want Him to be sovereign. God is sovereign, full stop all the time, day and night, throughout all eternity. He alone is God, and He is sovereign. Isaac, the line of promise and election. Will you turn with me to Genesis 17, please? Genesis chapter 17. I would advise you to read this chapter at your leisure or whenever you can. such a blessing in it. Let your eye run down chapter 17 until you come to verse 19. And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant, notice, and with his seed after him. And as for Ishmael, note this is Isaac's firstborn son, the Hagar, but not in the covenant line with Sarah. And even though Ishmael is older, Ishmael is the father of the Arabs. Now we have Isaac, the younger son, but he is my son. This one, said the father. Notice this, as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him, will make him fruitful, will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time. And he left off talking with him, and God went up from Abraham. So notice here, God chose Isaac. And from Isaac's seed, would come Christ. And in Isaac's seed, they would find Christ dying for them and for you and I this morning. Notice here, when you go to Genesis chapter 22, Genesis chapter 22, verse 1, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham, that is, he tested him. God tempts no man. The word means to test him. And said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I shall tell thee of. And the next verse, it says, And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and cleaved the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. In other words, in full obedience, in full obedience, Isaac is taken by his father. The next morning he gets up and ready. We're going early because God told us. We're going to do it. We're not going to be hindered. We're not going to be held back. 
We're not going to him and ha, as we would say. We would not sit and wait for some divine skywriting appointment, for God has spoken it in his word, and so we must do it. But Abraham, you're going to slay your son. You're not only going to slay your son, you're going to put him on an altar of wood. You're going to burn him. You're going to burn him to dust and ashes. Now that takes faith, brother and sister. To get up so quickly the next morning, I think you and I, in our obedience, would be trying to put it off as long and for as much as possible. God, tell me one more time and I'll do it. Lord, maybe you didn't mean it the first time. and Maybe if you just tell me one more time, I'll definitely go, I'll definitely do, I'll definitely give, and I'll definitely yield. But no, God said it. Next morning, Abraham was up. We're going. God, give us faith like Abraham, like our father Abraham had. May we have faith like him. The thing was, God believed, Abraham believed God for the promise of God. God said, in Isaac, I'll bless you. In Isaac, he's my called. Isaac's mine elect. Isaac, your seed shall be. Multiplication. Now, except for Ishmael, he had no more sons here. So he had to not only believe that God would, would allow him to go and, and when he goes to Moriah, that God would do something miraculous with him. Not just raise him from the dead. Not just a knife into his chest and God's going to raise him up. He was going to burn him to dust and ashes, as God said. So he had to believe that God was going to take the very DNA, dust and ash, that was on the ground or on the altar and form Isaac again and then raise him up. Well, Lord, you told me, so I'm going to do it. Wouldn't it be lovely if the church had such faith in these times that we live in? Sometimes I wonder, brothers and sisters, where where we as the church, talking about, yes, CET, Christ Encounters Tabernacle, but I'm talking about where we are uh, as, as Christians, where we are as the church generally. Where's our heart of faith? Where are we? in all of this that's happening. The church would rather lie in bed now. The church would rather watch online. Isn't that true? Come on, church, isn't that true? One thing the lockdown has done is made the Christian church lazy. And it's not just lazy... It's lackluster, and not just lackluster. It's lethargic, and not just lethargic. It's dying. Here he says, Lord, I believe your word. I love you, Lord, and I will obey you. So we have here, he says, take now thy son. Notice, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest. And what he's saying is, here is, there's snapshots the whole way through. I'd have to take it apart, having time this morning. But there's snapshots of, of Christ, his father sending him to the cross here. The father's saying, you're going to die, son. 
and the Son surrendering Himself to yield His life for us to redeem us. He's the only Son, the only begotten Son of the Father. And He's the one who would be sacrificed and give His life freely that you and I might be saved and redeemed. And notice here, though, when we get right down, I have to just skip down for time's sake. Verse 6, And Abraham took the wood and of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. Isaac was carrying the wood that the altar was going to be made of. And Isaac was carrying his own implement for death. In John 19, John tells us of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he, bearing his cross, went forth to Golgotha with a wooden cross. Here's Isaac, thousands of years before, pictured now, going up Moriah's hill, up to the great edifice mountain, And there his blood would be shed. And there his blood would be poured out for us. Our great Isaac, the Lord Jesus Christ. Carrying the wood to be sacrificed. The difference was God stayed the hand of Abraham. And God staying the hand of Abraham, there was a sacrifice found in a ram. Isn't it amazing when coming up the mountain is Abraham and Isaac. And Isaac says, paraphrasing for time's sake, Father, here's the wood and there's the fire. Where's the sacrifice? He says, Son, God will provide himself a sacrifice. He doesn't say God will provide for himself. God will provide himself the sacrifice. And there is a ram caught in the thicket of the bush. You know, brothers and sisters, it's good to know that away up the mountain, you're climbing up one side of the mountain, God's already, Jehovah Jireh, the provision's already there to meet you. We'll find here that if you let your eye run down, Genesis 22 and verse 9, and he came to the place that God had told him off, and Abraham built an altar there. Notice, and laid the wood in order, and bowed Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Now, it, it, we, we, can, we can just skip over this so quickly, but we have to because this is important for the well digging. You see, brothers and sisters, if you don't get through the trial now, the other trials that are down the road, you're not going to make it. And the trials that you find yourself in now when you're trusting in the Lord to get you through them, that's for something to be placed inside of you for the trials that are up the road. How would you fare? We notice here, Isaac is bound by his father. His father's actually set now. He'll set out of stones, big stones. See the sweat running off him? The sweat lashing off him. He's setting stones out. Help me with this one and help me with that one. The stones, the foundation is laid out. Then the wood is set in whatever order Abraham was to lay it in, that it would burn Isaac properly. Then Isaac is bound and he actually lays upon it. You see, that's surrender. Obedience was when Abraham got up in the morning and went. 
surrender was when they got there. Isaac said, then it's me, it's me. I'm going to surrender all. When we sing all to Jesus, I surrender. There's people who can't surrender their night at the TV for a Bible study and a prayer meeting. There's people who can't surrender their glossy magazines for the Bible. There's people who can't surrender their double time working to be in God's house on the Lord's day. It's the truth. And sing, I surrender all. Maybe we should change it sometimes to I surrender none. Take note. Why this was a test of faith and obedience for Abraham, it was a test of obedience and surrender for Isaac. Obedience, brothers and sisters, obedience is an attitude of heart in doing the will of a higher authority. I'm going to say it again. Obedience is an attitude of the heart in doing the will of a higher authority. Now, our government makes bad laws and we must contest those, protest those. But the higher authority, we try and be law-abiding citizens. Isn't that right? It's the higher authority. That's obedience. But obedience to God, the higher authority, is for the Christian, the blood-washed. So obedience is an attitude of heart. So whenever we are disobedient, it's the attitude of our heart. Sometimes the attitude of the heart is, you know what, God, because I didn't get it my way, because you didn't do it when I served me to be done. You know, God, because... You didn't answer me the way I thought you were going to answer me. My heart is angry towards you. That's not surrender. I'm not coming back to that Christ encounters tabernacle tent because of this, that, and the other. Listen, that's fine. Are you angry at me or are you angry at God? Obedience is the attitude of the heart in doing the will of the higher authority. You know, when I got saved, I found life was in Christ, but I also found that I had to die. Do you know why? Because see the real me? The real me was angry. The real me was bitter. The real me was even violent. The real me was a drug addict. The real me was an alcoholic. The real me wouldn't have cared less. I, I could have hurt you and walked away and I wouldn't have thought anything about it. But that man's dead. He's dead. And the problem is, there's too many Christians who are still alive to themselves and not dead and alive to God. Notice, surrender is when one gives up one's own will. Please listen. Surrender is when one gives up one's own will. It's the act of yielding. 
It's not easy. It's not easy. It's the act of yielding. It means to resign one's own person to the, into the power of another. And the thing is, whenever we are fighting against God, whenever we're angry against God or bitter against God's people or whatever it may be, listen, you're angry and that you're, it, you're eating, having it eat you up. Do you know what anger and bitterness is like? Do you know what it's like? It's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. It's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Forgive them. Love them. You don't have to be in their back pocket, but just move on then. Notice here, surrender it means, the, it means to resign one's own person to the power of another. To surrender means, you ready? To surrender means to completely give up one's own will. And so that one subjects one's own thoughts, ideas, deeds, and doings to the will of another. Can you give me an example? Absolutely I can. The Lord Jesus Christ says, Father, not my will, but thine be done in Gethsemane. Not my will, but thine be done. Listen, obedience in short is to do. Obedience is to do. Surrender is to die. Abraham built an altar for sacrifice. Isaac lay upon the altar and became the sacrifice. And God stayed his hand. In obedience, some might do reluctantly. In surrender, all will do willingly. Because they have surrendered themselves. Surrender is the when we have one will swallowed up by the will of another and obedience in Christ. Christ held up his father's will. Turn with me, please, to Romans chapter 5. I have taught our church this on a couple of occasions before or more, and I want you to get it because this is utmost important. To me, these verses are just mighty. Romans chapter 5, please. And just let your eye run down to verse 19. For by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. The one man's disobedience was Adam's disobedience in the garden. The one man's obedience is the obedience of Christ to his father at Calvary, the life and the death of Christ. But note here, for as by one man's disobedience, the word here, disobedience, do you know there's, there's about nine different Greek words for our word sin, S-I-N, in the New Testament. Nine, about nine different Greek words. I want you to see this word here. This word, uh, Disobedience, it's a word, parakoe, it comes from the word parakeo, but it's parakoe. Para means alongside of. For example, Jesus taught them in parables. Bring the story alongside of to make that kingdom message meaning, a heavenly meaning. So parable means he threw it alongside of. It means to come alongside of. The Holy Spirit, he is called the paraclete. 
One called alongside of in order to help. And this here, para, comes alongside of, and then the word achaia. And it means to hear. To hear. It means when put together, it means to hear amiss. It gives the idea of the intention, or pardon me, the inattention of a listener. The inattention of the listener. For example, when Adam walked with the Lord in the cool of the day, the Lord came and talked with Adam in the cool of the day, and he told him, not the eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, for the day they'll eat thereof, he shall surely die. Adam was told that. And the one disobedience here in Romans 5 and 19, it means he sinned in the sense where Adam failed to listen to what God had said, and so there was no obedience in Adam, but disobedience. Para-oka-e. Failing to listen when God was speaking. Adam was failing to listen when God was speaking, and what happened? Adam fell by sinning in the garden, Adam died spiritually, then physically, and you and I in Adam. Failing to listen when God was speaking. Someone this morning, you're failing to listen when God's been speaking. Failing to listen when God has been speaking to you. And then the one who is in obedience was the Lord Jesus Christ. And the word obedience here is the word hupoake. And hupo means to come underneath, to bear up. To come underneath and to bear something up. In other words, it gives the idea to prop up. Like if any of you builders have been knocking through some walls and it's a supporting wall, you need to put the beam along to bear the load, to support the load. That's the, the hoople means to come underneath and to bear up. And a K means to hear. And speaking of it in the positive of our Lord Jesus Christ, he came and he underpinned. He upheld and he bore up the word of his father. He upheld and he underpinned the law of God, keeping the law in perfection. And so when we are in him, he was listening when his father was speaking. And you and I in him, we are righteous in Christ because he has paid our debt. Many were made righteous, it says. Are you glad this morning, church, you're one of the many? We are declared not guilty by God because we're in Christ. So, surrender is perfectly seen in Isaac giving of himself to his father's will. It's like the Lord Jesus Christ in Isaiah 53 and 4 says, we did esteem him stricken, listen, smitten of God and afflicted. Smitten of God. His father gave him for the striking, for the smiting. And in verse 6 of Isaiah 53, the Lord laid on him, the father laid on his son, the iniquity of us all. And then in verse 10 of Isaiah 53, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Imagine the perfect picture of Abraham with Isaac. 
So note, Isaac surrendered as well to his fathers, and our Lord Jesus did the same for us. Listen to Puritan Thomas Watson. Puritan Thomas Watson. Just let me get a drink. It was by the ear our first parents listened to the serpent that we lost paradise. I'm going to read that again. It was by the ear our first parents listened to the serpent that we lost paradise. And it is by the ear, by the hearing of the word that we get to heaven. Hear and your souls shall live. You know something, when we think about this, Thomas Goodwin, the Puritan said, Christ, or pardon me, Judas heard all of Christ's sermons. Think about it. Judas heard all of Christ's sermons, and yet he betrayed him. He went out into the night and hung himself and went to his own place. He's lost in hell. How many times does it, is it that God speaks to us, reveals himself in his word to us through the preaching of his word, and yet we say, yeah, yeah, the last thing I would love you to do today is to go out there and say, wasn't that a great wee word? I don't want this to be a great wee word. I never want it to be a great wee word. I want it to be the word of God speaking to hearts, changing lives, renovating souls, quickening spirits, making us alive unto God. That when we go out the door, it's not, well, there's a Sunday done. Praise the Lord, he didn't sing as long as he did last week. Is that what happens? We'll get our dinner, and that's me done to maybe next week. Brother, sister, Christ should be alive in you. Spirit thriving in you. Driving you. And from my own personal experience, this isn't condemnation. I just don't understand. I never will. I have never got it how a Christian, a person claiming to know Christ and love him, can come up on a Sunday and that's all they do all week. I don't get it. I don't get it. Church doesn't make you a Christian. I know that. But you want to be in fellowship because you are one. When I go there sometimes, I hear things I don't want to know. That's why it's about surrender. It's about surrendering self. Not what I say, what God says through his word to you. I have to move on quickly. To obey is not so much our duty. This is what I wrote on Tuesday when I had written this. To obey is not so much our duty but our privilege. To surrender is not a defeat in the war but it is a victory in every battle. 
when you surrender, no matter what it is, no matter who it is, no matter you, you want to get your pound of flesh, brother, I understand that. What man here hasn't got that little sense and touch of pride about him when someone says something derogatory or woman about them? You don't want to go down, wrap their door, and greet one another with a flattened nose. Who doesn't want that? Be honest. We all have the capability, that's what I'm saying. But surrender is to die. Dead men and women can't get offended. Because they're dead. Notice. To obey is not so much our duty but our privilege. To surrender is not a defeat in war but a victory in every battle. And see, when you and I get to the place where we can surrender our hearts, not only to Christ but in every opposition, surrender our hearts to the will of God, the sovereignty of God. Who believes God's sovereign? Will you put your hand up? Who believes it? With all my heart. And yet sometimes I'll sit maybe on a Saturday night, look, I've no nails. What am I going to do? Why are they even turning up? Maybe a few less next week after this, but... What about this? And what about that? What about the other one? What about... And we worry and we, we get all full of consternation about it and we're, we're upside down and inside out. We don't know why we're punched or bored or drilled right through. We don't know what we are. What about St. Lord? It's in your sovereign will. I'll leave myself in your hands, my family, my health, my all. We can trace the steps of Abraham because everywhere he went, he built an altar. And you can trace the steps of Isaac because everywhere he went, he dug a well. The blood and the spirit. Here's something, I'm just thinking about this, and I'm going to give you, I'm just going to read these out, a few points as we are bringing this to a close. I just wrote this as I was thinking about this on Tuesday, and I'm just going to jot it down. First of all, number one, something to always remember. Brother, sister, because you're called of God, it doesn't mean you won't have an adversary. It doesn't mean you will not be without trouble or opposition. In our opening reading, will you turn with me, please? to the book of Genesis again, to your opening reading. Genesis 26, please. And for time's sake, verse 19, And Isaac's servants digged in the valley and found there a well of springing water. And the herdmen of Gerar did strive with Isaac's herdmen. Here they are starting already. He's only dug the well. He's only found it trying to get the work off the ground, get it up and running. And here comes uh, the men of, of the lodging place. You'll get those who are in the church who are of a sorrowful heart. In other words, they're bitter in spirit, and they hate to see you going on with God. They want to have the preeminence in everything. And so they come and they say, it's our well, it's our water. How dare you? Can I tell you something? Four years ago, we'll be in Guildford four years this May. 
when we were starting the work in Guildford to bring the witness to Guildford, a Protestant minister came and stood in the middle of the church and said, you're not wanted here, get out. You know why they were herd men of Girard? You know what they were doing? They were dead. There's no spirit. There was no word of God. This is our will. Get you out. That's what they said. Some of you men were there. You know, I don't know, well, remember that. It was during the day. I pastored in Dublin. I had, now I have still friends in Dublin and many good, lovely Christians down there. But I had death threats in Dublin. You're not wanted here. I walked up to go to a Bible study one Tuesday night and these boys came out of an alleyway. Tried to get me because they were going to hang me. Some come into the church to sit in the back just to, to try and intimidate me. They wanted me to move away from the well. Brothers and sisters, like we're to live peaceably with all men as much it lies in us. But listen, you're not a card. You're a soldier of Christ. Christian, get your armor on. Come on, Christian, get your armor on. Take off your Ponzi t-shirt, will you? Take it off. Take off your pop culture ideology. Take it off, Christian, and serve the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Effeminate fairies in the pulpit today. Grow up and be a man, preacher. Notice this. Remember one time I was in Dublin. And the leads of the Mary came. I was preaching in the open air. And they're all full of, I'm so lovely. We're all lovely. Look at us. We little, little do-goody nuns. We wouldn't do anybody any harm. See, when there's no one around, they told me I was going to get my throat slit. <laughs> I'm not choking you. In Grafton Street in the middle of Dublin. I hadn't any backup down there. I had nobody to run to, except to him. Except to him. Listen, people are going to be in contention with you. Listen, see if you want to know about people who are in contention with anybody, all you need to do is put your ear to the ground and they'll tell you what I am. They'll tell you the names they want to call me. It was actually said by another so-called Protestant high church person. That man down there, his name isn't Ken Davidson at all. He's on the run from the police. (laughs) Well, they know where to find me. But what if I had been one of those Christians who has a spine like a wet noodle? What if my spine had been carved out of soft banana? What if I had been one of these whimsical, effeminate, pansy preachers and pastors? What if I had of? 
And I started to cry and I took up my teddy bear and stuck my dummy in my mouth and went to walk in, wouldn't they? And brothers and sisters, we're not called to be effeminate. We're called to be soldiers. Had enough of that. Notice here, verse 20, the herd men of Gerar did strive with Isaac's herd men, saying, the water is ours, and he called the name of it Isaac because they strove for him. Isaac means contention. Isaac had contention. And for once he says, you know what, boys? We'll take another well. Look at what it says here in verse 21. And they digged another well and strove for that also, and he called the name of it Sitna. You know what Sitna means? Strife. See if you want to get the full meaning of, the, of this Hebrew word for strife, our English word Sitna. I haven't time to go into a time's flow. See if you want to get the full meaning of it. You need to really go, you'll not see the word, but you'll see that the idea of it. You need to, to go to uh, the book of Ezra, chapter 4 and verse 17, I think it is. And it talks about Judah and Jerusalem and Babylon. And it talks about Ezra Haradon. And it talks about the people of the land caused Judah to get uh, uh, and Jerusalem, the people of Jerusalem, they get very uncomfortable. They slandered them. Somebody slander me. Well, you know what? Maybe you should praise God. You know why? Blessed are you when men shall revile you and say all manner of evil against you for my name's sake. You know, whenever men are talking good about us all the time, when the world thinks we're brilliant, then what that means? We're like the world. We have become like them. Christ saved me out of the world, out of the pit of it, from the drink of it and the drugs of it and the clubs of it and the pubs of it. Christ saved me under his glory. And I am not going back into the world and I'm not allowing the world to tell us and dictate again what we're doing. Notice, because you're called of God, it doesn't mean you won't have any adversaries. In fact, you'll have more. It doesn't mean you will not be without trouble or opposition. Secondly, because you are in God's will and doing God's work, it doesn't mean your head is for the word and your heart is for the will, but your hands can't do the work. See, if you're leading, whether it's a children, youth, or whatever, pastor, whatever, too many pastors think, my head, I'm for the, the Word of God. Word of God, and my heart's for the Lord. That's good. That's good. But see, whenever they're needing concrete shoveled and you're sitting in the house in your study with your feet up, there's something wrong with you. The Word of God is also labor. Nehemiah, the had a trial and a sword. Pastor, see if you can't. See if you can't. Yes, sir, listen to me, because there's always, always people in the pastors that do. But Christian, see if you're too high and mighty to stick your hand down the toilet bowl of a scrubbing brush and a glove on. There's something wrong. The work of God is also that which comes down to every one of us are the same. See, when I come down here, I may be up there because I'm higher up, you can see me. You and me are the same. Sorry, Stuart, but you and me are the same. We're saved by grace, sinners. God's called us. God's called you. 
There's no hierarchy in the sense where we're going to come here, guard with our Dagon fish, made our hats on, and with our rings and our robes, and we're going to be standing here while you little people do the will of the hierarchy. No, brothers and sisters, we're all sinners saved by grace and I elevated to be sons and daughters of God. Yeah, give God the glory for that. That's right, God deserves the glory. It says in verse 18, Isaac digged. Underline it, Isaac digged. He got his hands dirty. Thirdly, quickly, because you have come across ungodly men with ungodly attitudes, because you have come across the valley dwellers of Gerar who are happy to stay stuck, brother, sister, move on and keep digging. There's a well of living water ready for you to tap into and for you to drink deep from. Isaac, it says in verse 18, digged again. Fourthly, because you have worked for God, been in his service, labored in his kingdom work, and things haven't worked out for you. Notice things haven't worked out the way you thought it. Discouragement, deception, doubtings, disillusionment. You've had failures and faults and fallings. They've brought things to a halt in your seemingly life and where God's vision has been for you. So you have hung your harp on the willow, as they did in Babylon, refused to sing the songs of Zion, resigned yourself to giving up, whether that's from a pastor or people, a minister to a menace in the church, maybe it's been the church or in your community, listen, brother, and listen, sister, don't you dare give up! And don't give in! There's another well to dig yet. There's another well to dig, the Rehoboth, the well of wide places, the well of living waters. I'm ready to jump over this pulpit. I'm closing. Time's slowing. Good verse 22. And he removed from thence and digged another well, and for that they strove not. And he called the name of it Rehoboth, and he said, For now the Lord hath made room for us. Not I love it when Moses asks to see God's glory. You know what the Lord says? Yeah, you'll be, I'm paraphrasing Moses, you'll be destroyed if you see my glory. But I love it, he says, But there is a place beside me. Isn't that beautiful? The God of all eternity, all creation, there's a place. There's a place for you beside me. And I will place you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand. And I'll let you see a wee bit. Now listen. We found a place at the cross. There's a place beside him at the cross. There's a place beside him where he covers us in the cleft of the rock with his hand. And listen, he's only let us see a little bit of his glory. Brothers and sisters, I can't wait to see the rest. Can't wait to see what he's going to do and what he has left for us. In verse 23, they come to Beersheba. Beersheba is the well. Notice called the well of the sevenfold oath. Seven is perfection, finished and complete. I'll talk about it some other time. That's why I finished this. Here's the goal of everything. You ready? Here's the goal of all that's been said. Here's the end of it. Here's the worth of it. 
Let your eye run down the chapter. And let your eye run to verse 24. And the Lord appeared unto him. That's it. And the Lord appeared unto him. Listen, don't seek the gifts. I believe in the baptism of the gifts of the Spirit. Operating them myself. You don't seek the gifts, you seek the giver. People want heal, 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 heal. It's all about healing. Listen, you don't don't need to keep seeking the healing. Seek the healer. The Lord appears to him. That's, that's That's the goal of it all. That's, that's, that's what it all amounts to about him. Me and him, you and him. Oh, Christ in me, my soul have found and found in thee alone. The peace, the joy I sought so long the bliss till now unknown. Now none but Christ can satisfy, none other name for me. There's love and life and lasting joy. Lord Jesus found in thee. I tried the broken cisterns, Lord, but ah, the waters fell. E'en as I stooped to drink, they fled and mocked me as I well. Now none but Christ can satisfy, none other name for me. There's love and life and lasting joy, Lord Jesus, find in Here's something I want you to note. Isaac renamed the wells that he dug with his father. There's wells that are being sprung up and they're not fresh living water. They're not true wells. They're fake wells. They're hyper-charismatic wells. And they're not of God. Brothers and sisters, when Isaac dug those wells with his father, they're now blocked by the Philistines and by the men of Gerar. Didn't even want to know about digging them up. How about us going back to the well of Abraham, starting to dig deep and get the muck out of the life, get the dirt out of the life that the world and the flesh and the devil and society has clogged you with. Get it out and rename it. Listen, let's get back to the blood in the book. The spirit and the word. 
people want to sing like rock stars for an hour and a half and five minute thought at the end of it, something that you made up from a candy floss factory. No. No. Let's go back to the faith of our fathers. Let's go back to the preaching of our fathers. And let's go back to the Word of God. Team, would you just come up, please? We're going to sing. Would you come up? We're going to sing a, just a, a chorus. And while we're coming up, whoever's down the back, you can ring the bell. Down in the tent, or not the tent, we're in the tent, down in the polytunnel, the tent in the tunnel. Ring, it, ring the bell there, and they'll know to finish off and to come up. Thank you for your attention this morning. I trust God has given you something this morning. God has spoken to you this morning. I'd love to see you this evening at 6 p.m. at the drive-in.